When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. To Brave the Wild, with me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan, Brave the Wild, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again for joining me today, as this will be the Minnesota Wild and NHL Season Preview. Yes, sir, it is another one of the annual shows, piecing things together and enjoying some long-term hockey conversation and some hope, some... Uh, the future is bleak in some ways, bright in others, so that's the good thing. There's there's definitely a bright future for the Minnesota Wild. We have a, a general manager that is going to lift spirits, hopefully make some better moves, this and that, and definitely has had a good history thus far as an assistant general manager with the Pittsburgh Penguins. That will again be Bill Guerin, who we talked about on pretty much the entire previous episode. Bill Guerin, general manager, Minnesota Wild. Mike Madano and Bill Guerin leading the way, and uh, couldn't be happier about that. It's always, <laughs> it's uh, definitely got a completely different feeling that we had a mere year ago. Uh, we started hearing about Mike Madano midway through the season last year, blah, blah, blah. That's interesting. He's hanging out with uh, Craig Leopold. Could it be? Could it be Mike Madano is going to be a part of the Minnesota Wild organization? And then end of the year, yes. Business advisor, now maybe inching very slowly into hockey operations. Obviously, was a big part of the hire of Bill Guerin. Multi-time teammate. They're pretty much the same age. They're both, uh, you know, part of the American Olympic team and all that. So, U.S. Olympic team. And so on and so forth. The future looks bright in that sense with a couple of guys leading the franchise. Uh, Michael Russo, locally of The Athletic, uh, has mentioned more than once that there's a pretty good chance that someday Mike Madonna will be the president of hockey operations for the Minnesota Wild. So that's obviously a long-term goal for Mike Madonna. It's plain as day that that's exactly what's going on. And you could just be hearing the names Madonna and Guerin as a part of the Minnesota Wild for many years and hopefully with uh, Stanley Cups to boot. That would be uh, extremely exciting for all of us. Uh, we're going to be referring today to Dom Lucision, which is similar to... <laughs> Curtis decision years ago, but spelled differently. The former Minnesota Wild defenseman way, way, way back in season one, the former Ottawa Senator and such. The analytical guy when it comes to hockey as he previewed the Minnesota Wild and some very interesting finds 
when you go from just, okay, wow, Dubnik, man, those are some nice numbers. He's been good. He's this and that. Dubnik had a good game, blah, blah, blah. But then when you get more and more analytical, it's kind of like peeling layers off the onion and seeing a little different things than you might see going the old school route. Like, okay, hey, good numbers. He's, he's a good goalie. He's solid every year. Well, yeah, okay. We'll find out who really truly is the reason why the Minnesota Wilds uh, goaltending uh, numbers are good. Is it the goalie or is it the players in front of him? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, <laughs> a conversation that we'll be getting into extensively here in segment number one. Segment number two will be an NHL preview where we basically talk about how things are going to go, the seasonal, how we uh Eastern Conference flop, surprise, conference finalists, Stanley Cup finalists, same thing for the Western Conference, and the eventual Stanley Cup champion, which will be an interesting choice to some of you. Possibly some of it, it might bother some of you as well, but luckily it will not be a division rival this time, even though I was extremely happy for the St. Louis Blues. Like, if anybody in our division wins the Stanley Cup, I was like, go Blues. Don't like the Winnipeg Jets. There's just a little bit of Green Bay Packerism with that game, I think. With the fan base, oh, they're better than the Packer fans. But it's, it's, it's an interesting rivalry that's been budding. And that's good. That's good for us. Uh, Nashville, eh, not really too excited. Colorado, not at all. Dallas, not really at all, other than maybe thinking about Bill Guerin and Mike Madonna playing together on the Dallas Stars. The stuff like that makes you smile. And, of course, playing NHL 95, putting all those players together including other members of the front office and coaching staff on uh, an NHL 95 roster with a, on an emulated game system. Of course, I do own the game for real, but it's better to have it in emulation nowadays if you can have HDMI. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty cool having uh, members of the Wild front office and coaching staff all working together on the Dallas Stars because there was no North Stars, there was no Wild, so it is what it is. It had to be the Dallas Stars to be able to put that together. Pretty fun. Um... What was I even going to there? I'm not even sure, right? At the end of the day, that's kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, it's just uh, an exciting future for the Minnesota Wild. Yep, Dallas Stars, not a big fan of them either. Happy it was the St. Louis Blues. They finally ended the drought now. Well, we'll see. Good luck. Will they Will they repeat? I don't know. Just find out. Uh, probably not because I said it wasn't a division rival. <laughs> it's not going to be a division rival at the end of the day. Let's get caught up on some news first before we get uh, basically going rolling here. This and that. couple of signings. In fact, most of them pretty important at the end of the day. Some of them intriguing, important, blah, blah, blah. Minnesota Wild did re-sign Belpedio. Of course, Louis Belpedio, a guy I'm a, I'm a fan of, and I believe he's got a future in the NHL. But unfortunately, it's just only one year again. So we're right back where we were and all that with Louis, Louis Belpedio. So that's just going to be kind of an ongoing saga, I believe, with him. Moving forward, in fact, pretty much most of the defense at only 700000 So he makes the Minnesota Wild. He makes 700000 Yeah, only. <laughs> Matt Barkowski is the only unrestricted free agent. We have only one defenseman signed multi-years, and that's uh, Fidar Gordiv from the juniors. Their left defense, age 23 years, with 791-667 cap hit for three years to go. This year, next, and the year after. Other than that, Carson Soucy, eligible for arbitration, 750. Brendan Mennell, 716-666. That's interesting. Restricted free agent. After this season, Hunter Warner, who's 24. Man, Carson Soucy's 25 already. He's not going to... I don't know. I don't know if he's going to make it. He's, of course, a left shot defenseman. Hunter Warner, 24, 700K. Restricted free agent, end of the year. Matt Barkowski, veteran. For the Iowa Wild, very much appreciated there. 31 years old, 700K UFA. 
Louis Belpedio, RFA after 700K this year, age 23. Stefan Falkowski, 22 years of age, actually the second youngest, 698-333. They couldn't fork over an extra... Yeah, okay. <laughs> an extra 1,666 or so. I don't know. I'm just an idiot. Okay. <laughs> Matt Robson's a UFA right away, only one year. Uh, not a UFA, RFA. Same with Capo Kakinen at the end of the year. So there's going to be some moves coming. Uh, Derek Berbeau, who is the youngest of the goaltender prospects other than the college players. Of course, Hunter Jones, one of them, drafted higher along the way. We'll see what happens there. Drew Stafford added on a professional tryout. He's still hanging around. He's still trying to crack the roster. Age 33, former, obviously former NHLer for a while, for a while there, pardon me. Had some success, had some positives, had some failures, but generally speaking, was a good, solid player in the National Hockey League the last several years. Uh, his chances to make the roster, I'd say it's there, but I mean, do you want him to no offense, that type of thing. Is it one of those things, do you want him to make it or not? Because, well, do you want Ryan Donato to get sent down? Do you want Greenway to get sent down? Cunning, there's just no way he's getting sent down. Uh, Fiala, no. And we'll get back to how he is as well. University of North Dakota, so I don't like him. I don't like you, Drew. No, I'm kidding. Milwaukee, Wisconsin native. Not really Minnesota, but definitely lots of Minnesota ties. He's, he's been living here for many years now. He was drafted 13th overall by the Buffalo Sabres back in 2004. Oh, don't remind me of that draft. A.J. Thalen. Oh, God. Drew Stafford, though, some major success with the Buffalo Sabres. 31 goals in 2010-2011. That wasn't even that long ago, kind of. It's, it's a while ago, but uh, I don't know. He's had some success. 52 points that year, 50 points the year after that. Kind of back and forth. He's been on the Winnipeg Jets, the Boston Bruins. I keep getting him mixed up with players on the uh, Detroit Red Wings. I don't know why, but um, definitely a solid player. Over the years, the last couple of years, though, with the New Jersey Devils, basically fourth line, sometimes gets scratched, this and that, healthy scratch, 59 games two years ago, 57 last year, only 13 points, so, yeah, kind of minimal ice time, minus this, minus that, he was a minus 20, but the Devils are not so good. Of course, then again, in 17-18, the Devils were better than they were last year, and he was a minus 20, so big drop-off there for him. Winnipeg Jets, the year before, not so good either, but he was a, uh, he was a, he was a minus, no, he was a plus six overall that year. Stunk with the Jets, was better with the Bruins during a short time in 16-17. But uh, when he first got to the Jets, he was pretty solid, you know, and missed some time here and there. But but he's been more of a kind of a, you know, 13th forward type of guy. And that's probably what his role would be with the Minnesota Wild at this point because you don't really want to see guys get sent down. But, uh, well, right now the 13th forward is a guy named Victor Rask, and he's making $4 million a year. Drew Stafford's not going to be making $4 million a year. So, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, we're stuck with the doggone... Uh, we're stuck with Victor Rask, though. It just is what it is. $4 million a year. Cap hit the next three years. So, <laughs> I, I guess he's your 13th forward because he has to be. And unless he makes the roster, I, I guess. Uh, Koivu's probably healthy. In fact, he's, yeah, he's, he's obviously healthy. He's going to be playing... Um, just not right away, of course, in terms of the preseason. Miko Cuevo in the final year of his contract. Most likely his final year with Minnesota. Will he wind up with the Boston Bruins or the or the, the, the St. Louis Blues? Wouldn't that be something? You never know. Dallas Stars. Gosh, no. <laughs> He's gonna, there's a chance he'll play another year or two with a, a team that's got some promise. Maybe the Tampa Bay Lightning. Who knows? Something like that. And a hangout in Florida when you get older. Yeah, go to Florida and win a Stanley Cup with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Who knows? But uh, 
that's a situation. Drew Stafford is the only guy that could kind of mess up this lineup a little bit. He's had success, but not lately. It's kind of the old, what have you done for me lately? The last three years, Drew Stafford's barely been making initial rosters. So he'll, he'll probably see time with Minnesota this season. He's kind of this year's Matt Reed, I think. Now, Matt Reed had some success in the NHL in the past, but got minimal action with the Minnesota Wilds. So we'll see. Right now, again, he is on a PTO, professional tryout with the Minnesota Wild is Mr. Drew Stafford. Other guys sent away and back to juniors and stuff ended their tryouts at the time. Guys that have already been sent away back to where they, uh, you know, back to continue to develop and all that stuff. Damian Giroux, Vitor Gardiv, Hunter Jones, Sean O'Donnell. That's funny, but unfortunately he was actually released. Sean O'Donnell, not Sean O'Donnell. That's kind of funny. Will Biden going back to Iowa. Connor DeWar, Mitch McLean going to Iowa. Brandon DeHame to Iowa. Tyler Sheehy to Iowa. Ivan Ladnia, Boca, Nicholas Boca, Dmitry Sokolov, Brendan Metal, Alex Brighton, Jack Sadik, the former golfer, Stefan Fakovsky, very young defenseman there. Alexander Kovanov, unfortunately assigned to the juniors. Man, I'd like to see him in the uh, AHL, but maybe it's a little too early. Okay, oh man, I'm getting him. Yeah, I'm, I'm just impatient. Can't wait to see some of these Russian guys uh, move forward. Derek Barabo will be in the minor leagues with Kapokakin and Matt Robson. So three goaltenders in the AHL this year. So Derek Barabo, we'll actually see him for the first time with the Iowa Wild. That'll be very interesting. Okay, very interesting. Kapokakin and Matt Robson. Who's going to win the starting job? I personally believe it's going to be Robson. That's my guess. I'm guessing he's going to be the starter, but we'll see. Kakinen will probably be the season opening starter, is my guess. And again, he's one of those feast or famine goaltenders, at least in his early career. Kind of like Manny Fernandez, you could say. Like, when he's hot, he's, like, unbeatable. And when he's not, he's extremely readable. That type of thing. So, Capo Kakinen, Capo Kakinen sometimes gives up four goals in a short time. And other days, forget about it. He'll get, like, three or three shutouts in a row. The guy can be an absolute stud, but of course, again, very, very young. So, we'll see if he can settle down and get better, he might end up being a starting NHL goalie someday. Uh, Matt Robson's chances of being a starting NHL goalie, I think, are there too, but uh, career backup, possibly. Maybe he, he he might go the Alex Stalock route, where he's a starting uh, AHL guy or backup NHL guy. Who knows, though? Maybe Robson will overcome and be, go, go beyond that. Um, he's the classic, uh, well, he's the new style goaltender. It's Matt Robson, a bit larger, six foot two, not that big, but bigger than some. He's, he's bigger than some. Stalock, obviously, under six foot, this and that. So, we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. Kakinen definitely got uh, <laughs> some serious future to him. He's also 6'2", but much larger. And like I said, very, very, uh, <clears throat> very hot and cold. But when he's hot, he's extremely good. Derek Brabo, though, no joke there. Six foot six. Six foot six, yep, only 20 years of age, and who knows, maybe he's the next uh, Backstrom or whatever. Backstrom, Rollison, who knows, but obviously larger than all of these guys. Darcy Kemper, he's got that Darcy Kemper, Devin Dubnik size. He kind of looks like Dubnik a little bit, a little bit, I don't know. Uh, he's from Quebec City, Canada, so do expect the French accent a little bit. Yep, Quebec City, Canada, Quebec City, Quebec area. So he will be an interesting prospect for the Minnesota Wild. Undrafted, a lot like a lot of the successful goalies in the history of this franchise. Backstrom and Rolson, to name at least two there. So we'll see. Again, Rob Robson also undrafted. Kind of like middle size, you could say, in his case. So, yep, off to the 
AHL, so Alex Daylock for sure will be the backup goaltender for the Minnesota Wild, and that's no major surprise because it's a one-way ticket to the NHL for him. That's just how his contract is, so it is what it is there, A. Eh? Uh, let's get to the new contracts and such, the good positive news for Minnesota. Of course, we start out with Louis Belpedio. He is, again, inked for just one more year. Boy, they're just, they're not, uh, yeah, <laughs> that just, just happened on September the 3rd. Took the whole damn summer to give him $700,000, I, I guess, against Stafford, Drew Stafford, PTO, on September the 4th. This is uh, on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Again, thanks, Vince, for Thank you, Vince Germano, for retweeting the uh, Twitter account, uh, the, the release of the last show on Twitter. Really appreciate that. At Vinrock44. The Minnesota Wild, it took the whole blankety blank summer, but the Minnesota Wild do sign Kevin Fiala to six, uh, $6 million deal in two years. So, bridge contract, kind of like. Uh, Grandland a couple of years ago is a three-year deal, about $3 million per, something like that, 3.2. And, uh, well, it is what it is there. And he's, he, he got an increase and blah, blah, blah. We'll see what happens with Grandland. And then we're looking at a, a big contract, a huge contract possibly. I don't think Grandland's going to get $8 million, though. If he's anything like he was with Nashville last year, it ain't happening. Uh, we'll see. He definitely has the playmaking ability that the Wilds have lacked ever since he's left. Kevin Fiala's got a lot of skill, boy, a lot of skill, but he has shown absolutely nothing with Minnesota so far, but at very least, top six forward uh, potential with the uh, Nashville Predators in the past thus far. Then he had that doggone uh, femur injury. Still looked promising at times, but not as good as the year before, before the femur injury. Um, six million, so it averages, at, again, three million cap hit, but he's getting 2.5 this year, 3.5 officially the next year, but the cap hit will be three million even the next two years for Kevin Fiala, and hopefully things continue to move in the right direction. And a couple of days later, well, several days later, uh, Fiala was officially signed on the anniversary, on the 18-year anniversary of September 11th, by the way. And then news started coming out on September the 14th. Minnesota Wild are getting close to signing Jared Spurgeon, which was really good news. I think it's actually going to happen. Where... And then it ultimately comes out Saturday afternoon as it started breaking in the morning a bit for Michael Russo, and then bam, there it was from Russo. That, uh, Jared Spurgeon agrees to a seven-year contract with the Minnesota Wild. Seven-year contract to the Minnesota Wild, the largest cap hit in team history, even more than the other two guys. Again, Parisi Suter, but 13 years is 13 years and going into their 40s, which is one of the dumbest things ever. You know what? This should have been... That seven years should have been enough for a Parisian suitor because guess what? It's, well, this is year number seven, right? This is year number seven? Yeah. So they'd be wrapping it up and 35 years old and then maybe you re-sign them for another two years or something at a cheaper price. Or they go to the National Predators or the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Toronto Maple Leafs, whatever. It is what it is. Back to uh, New Jersey for Parisi. Finish off his career with the Devils. Maybe uh, if they go on a playoff run, who knows, with the young guys. Have some fun there. Who knows? Uh, or just stay here and wrap things up with a with a, maybe a two two to three year extension for cheaper that type of thing. Why couldn't Why couldn't the Wild do this? It, seven years is a lot. It's a lot. It's a huge term, long term contract for guys that were in their upper twenties. In this case, Spurgeon's still under thirty or just reaching thirty. Unfortunately, it is what it is there, but uh, massive. Seven years, seven point seven five annually. The big bucks are coming to Jared Spurgeon, my official officially my favorite player on the team. Seven years, fifty-three point zero two five million going to 
Jared Spurgeon, right shot defenseman. All the intangibles you can ever imagine. Uh, very likely. It sounds like the way Bruce Boudreau and Bill Guerin talk about Jared Spurgeon. He's the next captain of the Wild. Um, I think it's very possible that he is the next captain of the Minnesota Wild because Koivu is in his last year or second last year, depending on what happens. Maybe it's a one-year extension or he retires or he signs with the Boston Bruins or something. But if he gets a one-year extension, it better be lower than 5.5. But one way or another, I do think Jared Spurgeon at this time is the next captain of the Minnesota Wild. Um, That's my belief. He's seen time as an alternate, this and that. It's been Spurgeon and Earth. Excuse me, it's been Spurgeon. It's been Parisi and Suter for the longest time as alternates. Um, I don't think Parisi or Suter are going to be the captain. I think Spurgeon is going to be the captain for the Minnesota Wild moving forward. Uh, he's young enough to have many years remaining. Obviously, that's why you sign him to seven years. Because if you had the option to sign Parisi or Suter for six more bleeping years, you wouldn't do it, right? But, well, we're stuck with him for six more bleeping years. <laughs> That's a nervous chuckle, kind of. Yeah, I can't imagine why I'd be nervous about that. But, uh, well, Jared Spurgeon inked for seven more years. Lucrative contract, but it's not a, but it's not a franchise killer. It's not $8 million like some of us feared. He took a hometown discount, so to speak, which is nice, even though he's not from Minnesota, but hometown in terms of, well, you know, that's the team he's been on for the last several years, the team that originally gave him a chance, uh, Chuck Fletcher. Michael Russo was talking about how when Chuck Fletcher first uh, signed Spurgeon after a couple of years, you know, making under a million basically with Minnesota, just kind of getting his feet wet, finally getting to the NHL after not getting any, not getting too far with the uh, New York Islanders years ago. Spurgeon winds up uh, making the team and blah, blah, blah. Has a little bit of success and then has a little bit of success but was nothing special at the beginning. Just, you know, okay, he'd score some, at some big moments here and there and he'd make a play or two. His defense was decent, but then it just kept getting a little better, a little better. Chuck Fletcher signs him for like, what, what was it, three years, three million per. And then Russo was like, what are you doing? Why are you signing him for that much money? And then Fletcher was like, just watch, basically, just watch. I mean, this kid is, there's a lot more to this kid than than most of you think. And yeah, kablooey. Then he got a nice, solid extension after that. And then here's the big bucks. So a nice, solid extension where he's getting paid almost well, he's getting paid about $5.7 million a year. That's a pretty good extension for about a five, four or five years there for Spurgeon. Now it's the big bucks, and this will, well, more than likely it's his last contract, but who knows? Maybe he'll sign for another year or two after that with us or somewhere else for a cheaper price when he's older, unfortunately, because that's how things go there. Um, multiple previews, they posted it for uh, from the NBC Sports, and I looked extensively on Dom, Dom Lucision's article. Again, we'll talk about the goalies here in a minute as that's another ongoing conversation. As of right now, the lines appear to be, well, Eric Stahl, Zucker, and Fiala on the top at the moment. <sighs> Some publications at the at this time have Luke Cunning as the second-line center, but he will not be the second-line center. He's going to trade places with Ryan Donato, actually. He's going to be third-line with Koivu and Greenway. will be Cunning at the moment, where Ryan Donato will be centering the second line. Ryan Donato, who played center all the way through high school and played it in college as well. Ryan Donato will be the second-line center at this time. We'll see how things move forward beyond that. Zach Parisi, second-line left wing. Matt Zuccarello, second-line right wing. Uh, there's been back and forth with Fiala and Zuccarello on the right wing's top top spot, but I believe they want him with uh, Donato at this time. And Donato and Parisi, Zuccarello, it's been a good combination You've seen Zuccarello there, up there instead of Fiala, though, on the top line with Stahl and Zucker. So that's probably a bit interchangeable. 
the third line's pretty much in stone at this moment. Though it actually might end up being Koyu versus Jule uh, Eriksson-Eck. Jule Eriksson-Eck, who's been a jewel of a player in camp. And we all know that doesn't always mean anything because Charlie Coyle was a jewel of a player, so to speak, during his time in training camps in the past many times around. Never was a bad player, but never stood out that much. Jewel Jewel Erickson X so, so far has not stood out all that much, other than he's a fantastic defensive player, and that's good, but you don't take fantastic defensive forwards in the first round when they're not really much of a scorer. If they're multi-tool and they're a really good defender that can score, you know, 60, 70 points a year, okay, that could be a first-round pick, with, with, without a doubt. But, but, like, imagine if Granlin was an outstanding defensive player. Ooh, to go along with his 60, 70-point seasons. That's a pretty damn good hockey player right there, eh? But uh, at this moment, well, some charts, I mean, it's kind of a give and take with Yul uh, Eriksson-Eck, Jewel Eriksson-Eck, and Miko Koivu between third and fourth line center. Otherwise, Hartman and Felino are going to be the fourth line guys. I just don't think Drew Stafford is going to be in there. I don't think Drew Stafford is going to knock down Donato, Greenway, or Conan. I, I just don't think it's going to happen, and I think that would be a rotten shame if it did. It's a rotten shame for Drew Stafford as well, though. Um, but we'll see. It's mostly because we're stuck with uh, Rask. Otherwise, if we didn't have Rask, Victor Rask, Drew Stafford's a shoe-in to be the 13th forward. Why the hell not? But unfortunately, you're stuck with Victor Rask. He's the 13th forward. And yay. Yay. <laughs> Other than that, well, the 7th defenseman for sure is going to be Brad Hunt, and he's going to see extensive time on the right shot with uh, possibly replacing Pattern in some nights, maybe playing on the left side, replacing Steeler and putting uh, Hunt with Pattern. It's Hunt's Definitely a second power play unit defenseman. He can definitely help with that. Uh, Jared Spurgeon and Jonas Bourdain, that's kind of like a shoe-in. Uh, as the talk has been extensively here as we get into Dom's article on The Athletic. These are the guys that are carrying the Minnesota Wild. The, the identity of the Minnesota Wild. As much as there are times I don't like this particular guy, but sometimes I love him too, so no disrespect here. Please don't get mad at me, those of you that are huge fans. Ryan Suter, <clears throat> and then, of course, Matt Dumba, who's got star potential offensively. His defense has improved, but it's never going to be like Ryan Suter or Brodeen, per se. Brodeen's probably the best overall regular defenseman, but he's very ordinary in terms of he provides very little offense. Occasionally he can get the shot on net and help in the power play, when he's put there, occasionally. But uh, that's where he's finally gotten some points on occasion the last couple of years in the Bruce Boudreaux era. That's when you actually seen a couple of points out of Brodeen during the Boudreaux era. And Jared Spurgeon, who's, I think, a... You know, it... it <laughs> how, how do you put this? He's a franchise defenseman in terms of the intangibles. He's an intangible franchise defenseman. He stands out like nobody in terms of... the. It's a combination of offense and defense. Uh... High IQ. His his hockey IQ might be the highest on the entire roster, and that's pretty crazy to say. Obviously, Ryan Suter's hockey IQ is very high, but there's a selfish factor to Ryan Suter that doesn't exist with some of the other players. Brodeen is what he is. Obviously, he's a second-pair defenseman who is elite defensively. It provides little offense. Spurgeon can provide offense, and he had to at times, especially when moved up to the top uh, pairing with Ryan Suter, and then Brad Hunt was pretty much a full... Okay, he kind of was, but there was another guy that was a full-time defenseman that wore number two last year and played like number two, Anthony Botetto. So, other than that, Dumba's healthy, thank God in heaven, so that makes a gigantic difference as the Minnesota Wild went from an above-average offensive team to the worst offensive team in the NHL during the time Dumba was uh, missing those 50 games. He wasn't the only reason, but it was a domino effect. Anytime you lose a guy that can put the puck on net like Matt Dumba can 
and can score like Matt Dumba can with that rocket shot from the right side, particularly on the power play, but can also be an absolute killer in overtime. He can kill you defensively too in overtime, but <laughs> offensively, when given the opportunity, Dumba is a is an assassin in, in the overtime period with his skating and uh, rocket shot, obviously. Um, you lose a guy like that, it's not the same. It's not the same at all. Um, and that killed the Wilds' chances last year. To the point, though, these four guys, Suter, Dumba, Brodeen, and Spurgeon, are the Minnesota Wilds. If you want to say which players are the identity of the Minnesota Wilds, those guys are the true identity of the Minnesota Wilds. You can say Koivu is with his penalty killing and his good, solid defensive play. Ulerik is kind of another Koivu in a sense. You can say this, you can say that. Parisi is... Parisi reeks of Minnesota hockey. We will fight to the end. We'll stand and defend, you know, all that good stuff. Getting into the front of the net, getting those dirty goals, those juicy goals. Matt Zuccarello is an intangible stud. It just sucks that he's probably he's going to be old by the time his contract's up and it's a no move. So there's difficult things there, but Zuccarello is another one of those guys who was undrafted that really became a good player in the NHL. And we're going to love the guy as long as he doesn't get hurt. <laughs> That's what you pray for in any sport. Um... The identity, the true identity of the Minnesota Wild is those four defensemen. And the analytics prove it. The analytics 100% prove it, according to Dom on, Dom Lucision on the, of the athletic. Uh, they're elite. They're at the top level, and they have prevented so many shots coming Devin Dubnik's way and Alex Dalek's way that it's helped boost their statistics over the years. But then some of the goals that get through are not that good, you know, from in, in the Devin Dumnik and Alex Taylor case. Uh, it's basically, in a nutshell, in the article, which I highly recommend. That's why I'm just going to give you a nutshell thing. I don't want to just spill all the beans and then like, oh, don't bother reading it. I just broke it all for you. But I'm giving you an idea of what, what you're looking at is these defensemen really have carried the wild in so many ways. It's, you know... The analytics show that Devin Dubnik is, well, despite his spectacular numbers and some spectacular games, which he does have, but the inconsistency comes back and doesn't look as pretty as you think when you peel the layers off the onion. Devin Dubnik, in some ways, has been a below-average goalie, actually, at the end of the day. Maybe he's just too comfortable with the defenseman in front of him, and that's causing that, and it's hurting the, the numbers, so to speak, as the puck's coming his direction, the goals he's given up that have cost the wild games along with Alex Stalek, who had some rotten games last year, along with a couple good ones. This and that. Uh, is it a comfort level because the defense in front of you is so good that you get caught sleeping at times? That could be part of it, but it's... <laughs> at the end of the day, it is those four guys that are really the true franchise of the Minnesota Wild. They are the pillars of defense for Minnesota in a big way. Um, the scoring is, is there, but there's no stellar score on this roster. Jason Zucker can be a stellar scorer, but he's hot and cold, and he's inked for four more years, and he will be here long term. So it says. So uh, Garen says he tried to trade for him in the first place. In fact, the trade to Pittsburgh was well. Bill Garen was sitting right next to Rutherford on those trade talks. He was in the in the same room there during those trade talks involving Jason Zucker and uh, Phil Kessel. So it is what it is. They wanted Jason Zucker on the Pittsburgh Penguins, and Bill Guerin was a part of wanting Jason Zucker on the Pittsburgh Penguins, so I don't think he's in a huge hurry to trade Zucker. That's kind of cool. That must be comforting for Zucker if he doesn't want to leave. It sounds like he doesn't, obviously, so that's pretty cool to note that important <laughs> important thing right there. Uh, 
So I, I do expect a bounce-back season from Jason Zucker. Uh, it seemed like from day one, Paul Fenton was waiting to get rid of him. Uh, and it was about three different trades that got nixed at the last second, or the trade might have happened, but Phil Kessel wouldn't waive his no-trade clause. Uh, the fax machine was jammed again. Like That's happened like how many times in the NHL when they're trying to complete a trade with the, the Calgary Flames? So they did not meet the deadline, and the trade didn't go through. Minnesota would have gotten a defensive third-line player, but they, we also would have freed up more cap space. It would have been a shorter-term contract. So that seemed to be Fenton's goal, is to free up cap space. So good for him there. But then Paul Fenton turned around and signed Zuccarello for $6 million per. If the Minnesota Wild were a team that got to the second round last year, third round last year, but were really thin at right wing, yeah, like we are, this would have been an awesome signing. But unfortunately, Minnesota's not really knocking on the door of the Western Conference Finals right now. And I don't know. I, the guy is a lovable player in the locker room. He does a lot of intangible things. He makes the right play at the right time, and that's what's attractive about him. But I don't know. Uh, it's good and bad because it's a no move for, for five years. So $6 million per. It's a pretty big cap hit, to say the least. In fact, number two on the entire roster. So there's good and bad in that move. Boy, um, looking forward to Brad Hunt this year. Full season with Minnesota. He's going to be on the second power play unit when he's when he's in the lineup. This and that. Uh, we'll wait and see what happens with that. Adumba, again, having him back is going to make a gigantic difference. Uh, that's just going to be absolutely huge. Ryan Donato's development during the course of the season. And he, who knows how long he's going to play center. Maybe he's going to turn out to be a wonderful center for Minnesota. And if that works out, I think the Wilder in really good standing there. Uh, Kevin Fiala, obviously... Huge year for him. Huge year for Garrett Fiala. He's got a. He's definitely an approved year with the Minnesota Wild, and and in, a, in an approved uh, bridge contract. Really, he'll be a restricted free agent two years from now again, looking for a bigger contract like Clayton Keller got. Hope for the best for that. He's got to be better. I mean, Fiala he needs to prove he's a legitimate top six forward in this league, and he really should be. I think Stahl's here for two more years, and the age is showing, and it's continuing to show, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little more coming out of him still. Uh, Parisian Zucker, I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to hang around the 50 to 60 point range. That'd be great. Zuccarello, same thing. Zucker, let's let's get back to the 30 goals again. 25 to 30, hopefully for him. Koivu, limited role, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I prefer he's not on the power play very often, maybe late in games. When you need to win a face-off, stuff like that. That's about it. Otherwise, Koivu cannot be on any top power play unit anymore. That's just foolhardy at this stage of his career. It truly is. Uh, Fiala needs to have some success in the power play, and that's pretty much what he is, I think, right now. A special team kind of guy out there. Uh, that's going to help boost his numbers. And again, Matt Dumba's difference-making in that power play is going to be huge for the Minnesota Wild the next several years. Oh, it figures. Every time you sign somebody to a new contract, then they then they get hurt. And it's so frustrating. That's what happened with Dumba last year. But uh, we'll have to wait and see how things go there. Very excited to have him back in the fold. Spurgeon will be with the Minnesota Wild all the way up to 26-27. Can you believe that? Because it's eight years to go. Because, well, the current year is still there. $5.187, remaining on the previous contract. So there you go. Greg Pattern. There was talk about him getting traded at one point, but that never happened. It just never went through. Paul Fenton just couldn't get that done either, of course. Uh, next dealer, uh, Greg Pattern. Pattern's good defensively, but he makes stupid mistakes sometimes. Sealer's good defensively, 
until he got bleeped in the head when the Anthony Botetto acquisition took place. So that was a fear. You just hope again that the big four defensemen can carry this team continually into this season. You hope that Devin Dumnick and Alex Stalock can, uh, you know, I want to see them sharing the pipes more this year. Uh, there's a reason why Devin Dubnik has had some awful games because he's bleeping tired. And the NHL these days, you're looking at more of 50-30 rather than like 60-20 type of situation. And that's kind of what it's been for Staylock and Dubnik. It's too many too many games for Dubnik. you got to get down, get the numbers down here. Maybe Staylock in some more games. And if Staylock is awful, Matt Robson, baby. Matt Robson, Capo Kakinen, Capo Kakinen, hopefully coming up to Minnesota to replace him if need be. Uh, Stalock is signed for three more years, so that's interesting when you think about it. After next season, Dubnik's contract is up. Not this season, this coming season, but the year after. 2021, Dubnik's contract is up, and I do believe that's it. Uh, and he'll maybe re-sign, he'll sign with the Calgary Flames or something after that, because that's what the Flames do. They sign guys when they're old and past their prime, like Mike Smith. Even though Smith did pretty good in the playoffs, it wasn't his fault they lost. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, intriguing, though. Intriguing moving into the season. It's not like I'm up here preaching doom and gloom. I'm optimistic that this team can make the playoffs. They'll be fighting for that eighth seed. Uh, Nico Sturm has shown some positivity during the preseason games. He's been one of the only guys scoring. <laughs> he was one of the only he was the only guys scoring the other night. Jordan Greenway's shown some promise. Luke Cunning looks like he's going to be on the wild from now on. No more AHL. Will Biden, I think, has a chance to crack the roster one day. Will Biden, Will Biden, Mason Shaw, just oh, sucks that he's always hurt. Sokolov, of course, AHL right now. I don't know, Ladnia, you hope, but again, still hard to say. Sam Anas is 26 already, poor guy, just stuck in the AHL because of the way, I don't know, it's just the way he is, too, too small a bit, but... Uh, because size matters in the NHL once again. That's where Greenway can hopefully be a huge factor. Oh, boy. One of these young guys, unexpectedly, it would be nice to see him step up. I do think Nico Sturm is going to be a Minnesota Wild player not too long from now, especially if and when Koivu is no longer with the Wild. I think Nico Sturm is the guy that replaces him. And then things get really interesting as Alexander Kovanov becomes a Minnesota Wild player. you got to hope and pray. And, of course, the acquisition of yet another left-wing player, but another, but but this one will be the one you want on your roster more than anybody. Guril Kaprizov, who uh, the forecast, uh, Forecaster Magazine, NHL Preview, has Kirill Kaprizov as the number one prospect in the NHL right now, at least according to fantasy, this and that. Number one. That's insane. Number one. I was just blown away when I saw that, even higher than Jack Hughes as prospects coming to the NHL in terms of fantasy, this and that. Number one, though, number one prospect. Kirill Kaprizov, number one. Not for Minnesota, but the NHL. That's wild, to say the least. Pretty damn amazing, actually. It's going to be... it's going to be a fun season. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to how the young guys develop. I really am. I... I'm excited. You know, Ryan Donato as a center. I'm extremely excited about that. Yep, he'll be centering Parisian. Zuccarello is expected. Uh, Hartman, Eriksenek, Felino, or Koivu, Hartman and Felino with uh, Eriksenek possibly with Greenway and Cunning. I want that to happen. I want to see Eriksenek with Greenway and Cunning. I do. And then eventually, I think next season, Eriksenek, Greenway, Cunning, depending on what happens with the upper lines per se. And then a fourth line, Nikos, Nico. Not Miko, but Nico. 
Nico, let's just call him Sturm, but Nico Sturm, fourth line with Hartman and Felino moving forward there. So, that's weird. Ryan Hartman wasn't traded to Minnesota. He was signed as a free agent. That's weird. <laughs> Silly. I don't know why this is saying that. He wasn't. <laughs> oh, boy. But uh, I expect a bounce back here from Nick Steeler as well. He struggled so bad uh, last year when Anthony Botetta was brought in. That was such a doggone, doggone bummer, man. Uh, Nico Sturm, though, looking forward to what he can do long term. I think he's going to make the, the Wild very soon. I think he'll be scanning for the Wild this year at some point, especially if there's an injury. But uh, Victor Rask, unfortunately, is probably the guy that's going to get in there first, per, per se, if anybody gets hurt, particularly a right right shot or a center. Don't be surprised if Victor Rask suits up for the Minnesota Wild. Fourth line, this and that, per se, fourth or third line. and Well, Hoping he can have a bounce back year for his sake because he's here if we like him or not. It is what it is. So, do the Minnesota Wild make the playoffs? Well, I talk about that in the second segment, but again, that's where I'm leaning. I do think this team is is going to be in the hunt. Very much in the hunt. Very much in the mix. Very much in the mix, per se, with uh, Chicago and Arizona for the eighth seed. But unfortunately, that's about where we're heading at the end of the day. I don't see us being a whole lot higher than that. You just got to keep drafting well. Keep drafting well and hope that the guys, uh, the, the the prospects move up. Uh, Bill, Bill Pedio, I, I don't know. I'm kind of getting frustrated. You didn't see all, anything. He didn't really see him stand out all that year. Carson Soucy just keeps getting older and older, and that's a shame. Uh, he hasn't broken through all that much, and he wasn't good when he was with the Wild all that much. He had a couple good moments here and there, Sam and us. So there's guys like that that are kind of stuck. Poor Gerald Mayhew. I thought he was going to be on the fourth line and be a, va- a factor. Maybe he still could make the team. We'll see. But it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Ryan Hartman's kind of already there, this and that. It's that type of situation with Gerald Mayhew. But I do, I do think Mayhew will be on the Minnesota Wild at some point this season as well. And maybe he sticks because nobody expected Nick Steeler to be on the Wild and stick around. And he's been here ever since. Nick Steeler hasn't played a single game for Iowa since he was uh, brought up to the Minnesota Wild. So very, very cool there when you look at that situation. Drew Stafford, at this moment, obviously he's still uh, in the professional tryout, so if he somehow makes the Minnesota Wild roster, I apologize, but at the moment, I don't see him making it. I, I just don't. Uh, and it's nothing personal. I just don't see him making it. It sounds like he's been nothing but good so far, and that's cool, but age 33, and then again, all the young guys, and you can't really send this guy down, you can't send that guy down. Uh, I don't see JT Brown making the team at all. I think there's no chance JT Brown makes the team. Maybe you keep Stratford in JT Brown's spot. That's the only possibility you could do if you're going to carry extra players, this and that. Otherwise, Hunt and Brown. Otherwise, Hunt and Rask. Well, Hunt is obviously a guy you want on your team. We didn't sign him to send him to the AHL or to cut him. He's here for a reason. JT Brown, I think, is AHL or bust. I don't think JT Brown's an NHL player. I don't think he is. Uh, he had a couple moments with Tampa, but really ever since, he's been a pretty big disappointment, if you want to be fully honest with that one. Former national national champion in 2011 at the Duluth Bulldogs. Now they have three. Man. Victor Rask, yep, same thing. So if you're going to have three three players that are in the press box, Drew Stafford will be in that position. If he That's the only way he'll make the team. Uh, at the end of the day is in the press box and then getting put in in situations, this and that. Stafford uh, obviously has had moments, but the last three years tell me he's not NH- he's he's not a guy that's going to see a whole lot of action, and he's not a guy that's going to be a difference maker for this team at this stage of his career, unfortunately. 
God bless him because he sounds like a great guy. It's just that's where I'm uh, I'm leading at the at this time. You have depth with this team. That's one of the strengths. And Dom also talked about that in the Athletic. That uh, yes, the Wild have a ton of depth. It's just the problem is there's no star. Uh, defensively, defensively, there are a few stars. They're not superstars, but they're stars. I'd say Dumba and Spurgeon are the two best defensemen on the Wild. Suter obviously is a star defenseman as well. Yes, it's just too much ice time. Suter was gassed, this and that, and then that ankle, you know, the socket, the socket, the, uh, what the heck do they call it? Talus bone. It's basically a socket bone in your ankle for mobility. That's a problem when you're freaking skating, right? So it's harder to turn. You have to turn. You have to be able to turn, and it didn't help him last year, so hopefully that continues to get stronger for uh, the uh, aging, the ever-aging and ever-expensive uh, Ryan Suter. I don't mean to bash on the guy. I, I really don't. It's just there were times, I don't know, I mean, I've talked about it in the past where he's kind of been, he's not been good. I mean, too many minutes, and talk about he got he helped to get this guy fired, he helped to get that guy fired, uh, this and that. He has to be on the roster all the time. He has to be getting the most minutes all the time. So stuff like that is not good. Uh, I hope that things can diminish a little bit. Diminish those minutes a little bit for crying out loud. I think that'd be better for the Minnesota Wild long term. If anybody should get the most ice time, it's probably Dumba at the end of the day because of what he do, what he brings and he's, he's young and this and that. And luckily the injury is not mobility related. It was more maybe his shot because it's his, his torso there with the uh, the pectoral muscle, this and that. So definitely a crazy injury for uh, Dumba in a fight. Crazy. Just getting r- literally ripped like that. That's nasty stuff. So with that said, Minnesota will be in the mix for the playoffs. Other than that, though, I'm not sure a whole lot. It's all about the prospects stepping up, the current ones and the future prospects stepping up to bring this team to higher heights in the coming years. And, of course, other guys, well, their contract's running out and us moving on and having some free agency money to keep some of the prospects as they get a little tiny bit older and earn a bigger contract and, of course, be able to bring in somebody unexpected, which would be fantastic. Just don't sign them for 13 years this time, okay? That's just all I ask. Just don't sign them for 13 years again, unless they're, like, 20. <laughs> then then maybe that's okay. If they're, like, 28, 27, don't sign them for 13 years. That's... Just, you know, everybody on the planet knew that's going to be like midway to a little bit later in the contract. going to be like, why? Why is he still here for this long, for this much? Yeah, so that's just kind of how things went with that. Okay, well, we'll be back to preview the NHL, how things will go, and (laughs) how things will head into the season. Who's going to win the Stanley Cup? Who is going to win the Stanley Cup? Will it be gold? Will it be blue? Will it be... Uh, uh, will it be electronic? Well, we'll see. here on Brave the Wild. Segment number two, we're going to preview the NHL season, so to speak. We're going to look at predictions and such, how teams are going to do. Will the Minnesota Wild make the postseason, this and that. 
And who's going to win the Stanley Cup, get to the conference finals, who's going to be your surprise, your flop in each conference. So we'll get started into the Eastern Conference. Last year, of course, the <clears throat> Boston Bruins won the Eastern Conference. Wouldn't be surprised if they're still hanging around near the top with Charlie Coyle and others. Yeah, it's going to be a... <laughs> It's going to be an interesting season for them coming off losing the Stanley Cup final. That's never fun. I can't even imagine. But uh, we'll have to wait and see how things go there. Some some publications of the Florida Panthers making the playoffs. That's an interesting choice. Buffalo Sabres. We'll see. Detroit Red Wings still have a way to go. Uh, Ottawa Senators made a very significant signing recently, but it's going to be a, a ways to go as well for them. Um, Columbus Blue Jackets go from a team that uh, was outstanding to they've lost a lot of people. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets have lost a lot of people. So, publications have the Jets missing the postseason. They're back to being the, the Jets they were when uh, they moved to Winnipeg from Atlanta. The Atlanta Thrashers and such, when they were a non-playoff team for a while. What a drop-off for the Winnipeg Jets after starting things off so well the last couple of years. Going to the conference finals, but then getting beat pretty quickly by the uh, Vegas Golden Knights when a lot of people thought they were this unstoppable force. You come into next season, which was last year, the next season anyway, thinking they're even going to be even better. They're going to get to the Cup Finals versus Tampa Bay and maybe even beat the Tampa Bay Lightning for the Cup. Well, <clears throat> I'm not so sure now, unfortunately. Again, lots of losses for the Winnipeg Jets. That just uh, cannot feel good for them at all. That's a big deal. So, But we're in the Western Conference, Eastern Conference, back and forth. It's going to drive us all crazy. Right now, a flop team in the Western Conference. Well, I don't think it's going to be the Capitals. I think they're going to stay good. There's no reason to believe they're going to drop off. Pittsburgh Penguins should make the postseason. New Jersey Devils will be knocking on the door. The Islanders, I don't know. Um, this publication that I'm looking at right now, is the Islanders missing the playoffs? Uh, they, they should be okay. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think the Islanders are still good. They got the, the, uh, they got the goaltender situation that's been good, the coaching. I like their, their roster. Barry Trotz is an outstanding coach, or should we say outstanding coach. <laughs> Philadelphia Flyers are, yeah, you know, it was a scorched earth situation. But some good drafting from Ron Hextall, which ended up costing him his job, sadly, because of, you know, just not a lot of immediate help. Philadelphia is one of those East Coast <laughs> venues where it's like, well, we have to be good all the time. We have to be good all the time. Get the hell out of here. You suck. But, well, he's got a nice situation. He, he built a nice situation. Chuck Fletcher's now taking care of things there. Obviously, I think the Buffalo Sabres have a chance to be knocking on the door. Uh, are the Buffalo Sabres a surprise somewhat? I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they're a surprise. That's cute. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes, I think, have a chance to be excellent for, for a while. We'll see. Uh, they got the nice young roster. Their situation has been up and down the past couple of years. They, they were knocking on the door, then they were way out of there. Uh, Sebastian Ajo... Uh, Timo Terevenen, uh, Nino, Nita, Ryder, yeah, let's leave that alone. Yeah, thank you. I just love Rask. Uh, the addition of Eric Hall is underrated. So that's a loss for the Vegas Golden Knights, who I have going very, very far. That's a hint right there. Eric Hall is 28 years old already. Major injury last year, but hopefully for his case, healthy and ready to go at third-line center there. Uh, Peter Mrazek and, <laughs> I can't even say the second guy, Ned Lajovic is uh, has a chance, and then Reimer, of course, formerly of the Florida Panthers, joining the club. Obviously, good solid defensemen and such. I do think Carolina has a good chance to get to the Eastern Conference Finals again. I think that's what I'm leaning towards right now. But uh, let's go with a flop. Go with a surprise. 
I'm kind of going back and forth this Eastern Conference. It's well, it could be anybody. I mean, that's I mean, hockey is interesting. Obviously, nobody saw Carolina having the success they did, so they won't be a surprise. They were the surprise last year, particularly in the postseason. Just making the playoffs was a good thing for Carolina. They they've always they always they were always kind of up and down, and then boom, they go on a legitimate playoff run. Of course, they've won the the Eastern Conference twice in their history, which is pretty crazy. I think they have a uh, legitimate shot at it this year, at least for their sake. Uh, the flop, are the Bruins going to drop off? I don't think so. Uh, Toronto has been extremely disappointing. Uh, honestly, for what they are, their talent, they don't match up good with this. They don't match up good with that. Uh, Boston just kind of took them down, and they've choked in the playoffs the last couple of years after having good regular seasons. Extremely talented roster. They've kept their star players, which is good for them, but obviously they've had holdouts and such. Um, they have all the potential in the world to win the Eastern Conference, but they're not going to win the Eastern Conference. It's going to be Tampa or the, the Carolina Hurricanes, I think, right now. I think that's going to be your Eastern Conference final flop. I guess the closest thing to a flop could be Toronto, but because I don't see other teams really dropping off. I think a surprise team might be the New York Rangers. They seem to be pretty much ready, primed and ready to make the postseason, which will be good for them. Florida would be quite a surprise to make it. I don't know about that. I think... I think Buffalo, uh, I'm more in the Buffalo camp and making the postseason versus the Florida Panthers. I love uh, Carter Hutton and such. The guy's a good goaltender. It was a huge disappointment the way they dropped off. Was it Phil Housley's fault? I don't know. I, I don't think it was, but I guess I guess it was. I guess. I mean, I love love Phil Housley. Obviously, one of the greatest defensemen ever. Of course, Minnesota's own and all that good stuff. I was quite frankly shocked the way things fell apart in Buffalo after such a strong start. I think they're going to make the playoffs. They'll be a somewhat surprise considering how a lot of people see them missing the playoffs. Detroit will probably move up a little bit, but again, it's got some time for Detroit to get back in the playoffs. Steve Eiserman, of course, has taken over that organization as general manager. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, Islanders, I'm having a tough time. Columbus obviously is the flop, but is it really a big surprise? I guess we'll just call them the flop because they're not going to be in the postseason. And I don't know, I think old, uh, (laughs) I think think Tortella, not Torchetti, Tortella is going to be doing a lot of cursing again as he'd been a a little calmer the last couple of years. uh, He'd been having some fun with that excellent, excellent team who played a tough game, scored timely goals, good goaltending, this and that. And they gave the Wild headaches the last three years in the Bruce Boudreau era. Columbus is, I guess, the team that's going to flop. The team that's going to surprise, I guess it's Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo, Carolina's not surprising anybody. Again, I don't see Washington flopping. They're too talented. I don't want them to win the Cup again. I don't think a whole lot of you do, even though it's nice to see Ovechkin be happy and everything. Um, I think it's Tampa and Carolina in the Eastern Conference Finals. And, boy, oh, boy. Uh, Tampa, you know, they choke too much, don't they? I mean, they were so good last year. And Kucherov winning that scoring title. I mean, gosh, like 148 points. Unbelievable. And he magically shows up on my fantasy team this year. Like, holy cow, that was pretty cool. Kucherov, gotta love that. <clears throat> but they have some proving to do right now. So I, I, they really do. Carolina, they got beat pretty bad by Boston. But other than that, they did a hell of a job in the playoffs last year. Very impressed with what Carolina did. And... My God, I think they're going to win the East. I think Carolina's going to win the Eastern Conference. I, I've been leading Tampa for a while. I think the Carolina Hurricanes are going to take another step this year and get to the Stanley Cup Final, in my humble opinion. Again, surprise team will be Buffalo. The Carolina Hurricanes will be the conference champions. Uh, the, fl- the flop will be the Columbus Blue Jackets, as good as they were. It's a crying shame. They never even got out of the first round, did they? 
all that talent, all the, that, that gigantic winning streak and everything, kind of like the Wild during that season, that huge winning streak and couldn't even get out of the first bleeping round. And Minnesota was the number two seed in the Western Conference. I mean, how many times have the Minnesota Wild been the number two seed in the Western Conference? Well, that year, the, the, the 2003 playoff run the Wild had, the only playoff run we've really truly had, other than getting to the second round and getting beat by the Blackhawks, um, uh, 2003, the Minnesota Wild were the sixth seed. So, ah, bummer, man. So, hopefully the Minnesota Wild can get things in order. Uh, right now, this publication has the Wild riding seventh, which would be last place in the Central Division. And I guess, I mean, I, I hope not. Uh, some people have the Blackhawks getting back in the mix again. I hope not. Vancouver jumping up a bit with some of their young talent and their improving play. Arizona Coyotes, blah, 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 Edmonton Oilers, they are just a flop of flops. They, they never do anything. Uh, Anaheim's just old and moving on, that type of thing. The Kings, the Ducks, the Oilers will not make the postseason. Uh, Arizona versus Vancouver, i got to go with Arizona there. I like the young talent, though uh, the Clayton Keller contract's a little high for me. Um, you know, like, obviously more productive than Kevin Fiala, and quite possibly that might be why Kevin Fiala was messing around so long, because he wanted to get a big contract like Clayton Keller, and, well... Whatever, I guess so. Uh, Calgary Flames have a lot to prove. My God. San Jose Sharks are, have been around forever. Joe Thornton is back for one more year at 40 years of age. He's the Brett Favre of the NHL right now. Just keeps hanging around, boy. Brett Favre. Uh, I can't call him the Tom Brady. He doesn't have the rings to, to be that, and he isn't still in his prime at 42 like Tom Brady, basically. I mean, Tom Brady's been in his prime for about 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, like suited up for the Patriots and won the Super Bowl the same year. Go ahead and talk about cheating and this. Ah, BS. You still have to play the game, man. So that's my take on that. <laughs> Check out Purple Mafia if you want to talk football, I guess. Uh, Dallas Stars should be in the mix. I'm not sure how great they're going to be. They lost Zuccarello, so they're screwed, boy. They lost old Zucks. They lost Zuccarello, so ah, they're, they're, they're not going anywhere. No, <laughs> I don't know. Dallas Stars should be in the mix. They were a threat, and they were a legitimate Stanley Cup contender, little did we know, because they almost beat the St. Louis Blues. I mean, as close as they came to beating the St. Louis Blues, do you realize how close they were to being in the Stanley Cup final? That, that's pretty remarkable when you think about it, because I think they would have beat the Sharks. I think the Dallas Stars would have been in the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 1999, when we still called it the Stanley Cup Finals, which sounds better, but I don't know. I still like the old way more. National Predators should always be competitive and all that. And, uh, well, Paul Fenton's going to be hoping to be a janitor there, I guess, now. Working for the National Predators, maybe selling tickets. Maybe he's going to beg his old boss to bring him back or something, or maybe not. I don't know. Um, but the Predators should still be in the mix. Becca Rene, you got, uh, you got you got Soros as well, the backup goalie who's going to be the goalie of the future. Nashville should be fine. Uh, again, old... Uh, <laughs> Old uh, Supan is on his way out, obviously. Traded in the offseason to the New Jersey Devils, who I think will be knocking on the door of the postseason with a lot of their young talent. Jack Hughes and Hershier, and, of course, P.K. Supan. Oh, yes. Supan rules. Uh, Malcolm Subban's good, good, solid backup for the Vegas Golden Knights, who I think have all the talent in the world. Go ahead and hate them for being such a good team right out of the gate. It's not fair. Their fans don't know anything. Their fans don't know hockey from 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 poker, you know, say whatever you want, but it's a good team. It's a really good team. Yes, there was some luck involved. Yes, it's big bucks and give us the best team in the world because we are the richest city ever and blah, blah, blah. We're, we're a city of gold. That's why we're the Golden Knights, this and that. 
it's a good team. I like them or not, it's a good team. As long as they don't choke against the Sharks again, they're going to have a pretty good shot of getting to the final for the second out of three years, which is freaking crazy, if you ask me. Uh, Colorado Avalanche, I think, I kind of tend to agree with what I'm seeing here in this prediction. They, they have them winning the division. I'm kind of leading that to that, that direction. Uh, right now, I'm looking at Hockey Forecaster, basically, the Sports Forecaster, the NHL preview. Just looking at this kind of for a cheat sheet, so to speak, to give me an idea. I don't agree with everything, of course. I, I don't see the... I don't see the Panthers making the playoffs. I don't see the Blackhawks making the playoffs yet. But forever, pretty much, they've had the Wilds number. Though I suppose Minnesota did have some good seasons where we whooped on the Blackhawks in the regular season. But it didn't mean anything in the playoffs because it just never does. I mean, the playoffs are everything. April and May mean a lot more than November, December, January when you're on your red-hot run. And we hate the Blackhawks. We're going to beat the crap out of them. We're going to give them hell because we hate them so much. And then here come the playoffs and, oh... You know, 3 nothing, 3 nothing Blackhawks, 13 minutes into the first period. That, that's great. It's just so much fun to watch. Patrick Kane with his whatever he does, showtime or the point, the, the slide and point that he did. I, I, I kind of like that one a little bit, but I don't know. It's It sucks, especially when you hear that da-da-da, da-da-da, you know, because that means the Blackhawks scored again and, and stuff, and it's depressing. This is a big year for the Colorado Avalanche. Golden opportunity. All the young talent, this and that. Explosive talent. You got Drew Bauer. You got a legitimate goalie. You did a freaking awesome job. They, they, God, they did good. And I kept downplaying that Sharks and Colorado series. I was hoping for Sharks and Flames or Vegas. Vegas versus Flames. That's what I wanted so bad. That'd be the coolest thing ever. Two teams that I've, I'm fairly fond of, we'll say, except when they play us. Uh, Calgary, obviously, has given the Wilds headaches forever. Golden Knights has been an enjoyable ride for the Wild. We've dominated them for some reason, which is cool. I like it. Um, I wanted that series, and we got Sharks and freaking Colorado, and I was like, ugh. And then it turned out to be a really good series. It's like the first two games, it's like, ugh, why can't we see the other teams? And then it ended up being a good series, and both of them ended up being way better than we thought, and the Sharks ended up barely getting past Colorado, but they did. And then they ran into the old buzzsaw called the St. Louis Blues, who surprised everybody and won the Stanley Cup. I, I'm, I'm still, you know, Jeff Ponder out there again. Gotta love the podcast there, the original St. Louis Blues podcast. Gotta love what they have accomplished. And its real name is Let's Go Blues, so do check it out. It's the original uh, St. Louis Blues podcast. This is the original Minnesota Wild podcast, you could say, other than the actual, you know, corporate one done by uh, the Minnesota Wild, the podcast. This is the actual very first uh alternative media Minnesota Wild podcast. So like it or not, I'm the granddaddy of them all, damn it. <laughs> so just like Jeff Ponder, going back to 2008, in my case, 2011 and his, very cool. Jeff Ponder and his buddies over there form a wonderful show. Very enjoyable hearing their emotions is uh, kind of like what I believe Minnesota Viking fans would feel. And of course, Minnesota North Stars slash Minnesota Wild fans would feel if Lord Stanley came to town or Vin, uh, old uh, Vince Lombardi came to town, so to speak, in, in, uh, in form of a trophy. That would be, uh, oh man, <laughs> be the most beautiful feeling ever. So, uh, very cool podcast. Listen to when they won after the Stanley Cup. And of course, uh, Behind Enemy Lines is a series he's been doing all summer. Jeff Ponder, uh, talking to every, talking to podcasts of every team. And I was the super lucky one for Minnesota. I can't thank uh, Chris Stortz enough of, uh, the, the Teal Town Podcast, San Jose Sharks. Can't thank you enough for recommending me to Jeff Ponder. Uh, they uh, got a really nice long show together, too. Whew, when, it, when it was San Jose Sharks time. Highly recommended. Uh, both of those podcasts, by the way. 
very entertaining series. Colorado, gosh. Colorado, St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, Vegas, St. Louis. Those are some good teams right there. Uh, Calgary obviously has the talent. They have the star power. The goaltending is weird. I don't know what's going on. Is it Cam Talbot? Oh, goody. Uh, David Riddich, I guess, is the best you can do. David Riddick, Riddich, Riddich. He's the best they can do in, in the net right now. He's not bad. I mean, he's not bad at all. He hung in there nicely. Cam Talbot, uh, okay, yay, <laughs> yay, if you're a Calgary Flames fan. And the young guy there, Goudreau, needs to get his head out of his ass. I mean, he really does. Like, just getting, you know, he, I understand. I wouldn't want to get hit in the hand with sticks either. Would you want to get hit in the hand with hockey sticks? You know, that's, we can all say what a wuss he is for that, but uh, it wouldn't be fun, would it? Would, would it be fun to get that over and over into your arms and wrists and such? That would suck. But still, he's got to find a way. Mr. Johnny Goudreau, Johnny Hockey there. He's got to step up and uh, get past that somehow. Monaghan, Lindholm. What a sweet roster. What a sweet group they put together last year. It looked like it was going to be a magical season. And out they went. The Colorado Avalanche basically swept them after the Flames kicked their butts in game number one. So right now, I cannot pick the Calgary Flames to get to the Western Conference Finals. And if they do, great. I don't think they're going to be a flop. But I don't think they're going to be that great either. Uh, Anaheim Ducks, I'm not... Yeah, obviously I don't have them going anywhere near the playoffs. The flop in the West is an easy choice. That would be the Winnipeg Jets. Easy choice as far as I'm concerned. A surprise team. Hopefully it's Minnesota. I want to believe that. Uh, Some people have Vancouver surprising, but not making the playoffs. It'd be Chicago and Dallas. I think Dallas is in for sure. I think Chicago... uh, Well, it's between Chicago, Minnesota... Arizona, I think those are the three that would be vying for those final spots there. Uh, Vegas, San Jose, Calgary, easy choice. Vegas will win the division, I believe. I think Calgary is going to finish second, San Jose third at the end of the day. Calgary is going to have another really good regular season record. Um, I think the Blues finish second. I think I think the Blues might actually... No, the Blues are going to ride high. They will win the uh, Central Division. Colorado finishes second, Nashville third, so you got that. Wild card teams, Dallas for sure. So again, I had Vegas, Calgary, San Jose in the Pacific with uh, the Dallas Stars would be number seven seed. Number eight is going to be hopefully the Minnesota Wild. It's going to be between Minnesota, Arizona, I believe, at the end of the day for that final spot. Chicago will be very much in the mix, but for uh, just for the sake of hope and obviously... Matt Dumba being healthy is a huge thing, which we talked about in the previous segment. Matt Dumba being healthy makes a gigantic difference. I mean, you look at the analytics of the success of the Minnesota Wild with Matt Dumba being healthy. The Wild are in good shape. And it's amazing to think of how valuable the defensemen on this team are. I mean, it's literally the Minnesota defensemen more than the Minnesota Wild. I mean, the defensemen carry the Minnesota Wild 100%. The forwards struggle. The goaltenders numbers are good because of the defense and it's pretty fascinating the article we talked about in segment number one there when you look at that just unbelievable on the athletic there Whew, unbelievable the analytics for the minnesota wild defensemen are absolutely the reason why this team is uh in the mix for the playoffs rather than you know riding the pine i don't think the wild finishing last i think winnipeg does and i think it's between dallas and chicago or excuse me excuse me minnesota and chicago to get the final wild card in the Central Division versus the Arizona Coyotes. I know Vancouver's going to be in the hunt. I won't even say in the mix, but in the hunt. Like, they'll be around. They'll be lurking. For the sake of being positive, 
And again, the health of Matt Dumba, Koivu, hopefully he's going to accept a bottom six role. Well, third line or fourth line center, basically. And the wonderful news with Yule Lyrics and X so far in camp, which doesn't always mean anything, because Charlie Coyle had the greatest camps of all time. And, well, well, I mean, well, he's a good Boston Bruin. <laughs> Perfect fit for the Bruins. A lot of good that does this now, damn it. Uh, Ryan Donato playing center is going to be exciting. Hopefully that... Uh, the success with him will be uh, good. Obviously, the preseason, as we've talked about and looked at, has been boring so far, quite frankly. Flat out boring. Wild losing 2-1, to one, this to 1, that to 1, 4-1. to one. Everything is 1 for the Wild. At least we didn't get shut out. That's about it. That's how boring it's been in the scoring department. Uh, I want to believe it. Wild will be the 8th seed. Yay. And it's, But, hey, 8th seed is 8th seed. Things can happen. Nashville was the eighth seed. They won. They went to the finals. They didn't win the cup. Uh, Kings were the eighth seed. They won the cup. Uh, so things happen. Wonderful things can happen if you're an eighth seed. You got to just make the playoffs and magic things happen. Magical things happen. St. Louis had their miracle run, but they also had a legitimate top line center. So St. Louis is absolutely going to be massively in the mix. Surprise team. I guess is the Wild. I guess it's just you know the healthy the uh, healthy Matt Dumba, healthy Koivu is going to make a difference. Koivu, not for the power play, but for the penalty kill. Maybe some power play, some big face-offs late in games, obviously, because he's one of the best face-off centermen ever, except sometimes when he superly need one, he'd magically lose it. But welcome to sports. That's just how it goes. Um, but uh, as long as Suter doesn't drop off too much, uh, Parisi, this and that, the Wild should have a shot at the A seed. I will give it to Minnesota over Arizona and... Uh, to the Chicago Blackhawks. Call me a homer, call me this, call me that, but the Minnesota Wild will squeeze into the postseason and we'll run into the Vegas Knights or the Colorado Avalanche or the Blues, something like that, and miracles will happen, baby. Nah, I don't know. I don't think we have the roster to go on a playoff run yet, but, well, Alexei Kovanov, this and that, that's the hope, guys like that. Hopefully Kovanov is a legitimate uh, top center someday for the Minnesota Wild or someone else. Uh, Matt Boldy has a chance to be a spectacular left wing as we move forward. But, uh, yeah, we'll let that develop as it is. Looking forward majorly to seeing Matthew Boldy having major success, at least in college and off to the pros, especially to the pros, when the time rolls on. The flop Winnipeg, the surprise Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, get get your homer caps on, right? (laughs) I'm sorry. Western Conference Finals, St. Louis, Vegas. St. Louis, Las Vegas, Colorado does not get to the Conference Finals, despite possibly winning the division. I think St. Louis is going to keep things rolling in a positive direction. Maybe they'll squeeze past the Blackhawks, but I think the Vegas Golden Knights represent the Western Conference versus the Carolina Hurricanes in Lord Stanley's final, if that sounds cool, I guess. I think Vegas finishes the job this time. Uh, I think the Carolina Hurricanes, unfortunately, lose their second Stanley Cup final like they did to the Colorado Avalanche years ago. In fact, I wouldn't be superly surprised if the Colorado Avalanche and the Carolina Hurricanes faced off in the Cup final this uh, coming up spring, this early summer, spring, whatever, wonderful month of June of 2020. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a rematch of 2001, and maybe uh, I don't want to think of Colorado winning. Go Cal, go Carolina all the way there. But uh, Calgary has all the talent in the world to win the West, but go ahead and do it, damn it. Come on, come on, Calgary. Let's see what you can do, that type of thing. Where Vegas has done it, and they've made wonderful additions. They've lost Eric Halla, which is not good, but he wasn't on the roster last year either, unfortunately. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, the only fear with him is obviously, sometimes, as good as he is, he he flops. And, of course, injuries happen all the time with him. And age. Age is what it is. Father Time is undefeated. That would be the undoing of the Vegas Golden Knights in the playoffs or in the final against Carolina 
or Tampa or Washington or Boston, possibly. Those are the teams I think could possibly make it. I don't think Toronto is going to make it. I think they'll freaking lose in the first round again. That's my belief. Uh, Montreal is just a bleeping mess. I don't know. I mean, I don't know with Montreal. They're a mess. But uh, right now, I have the Vegas Golden Knights finishing the job and winning the Stanley Cup. I could be way off. It is what it is. Last year, who did I have winning? Tampa? Well, I had Tampa winning, and they had the best record all year. And (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then Colorado kicked their ass. That was fun. That was so much fun. (laughs) And then Colorado almost went to the conference final. Colorado could very well be in the West Finals easily. They could they could win the West. The Colorado's good enough to win the West as much as we all hate to say it. I hate Colorado. Hate Colorado. So go Vegas versus Colorado any day. Go Sharks. Go Flames. Yes. Go Nashville. I I'd rather and I don't like Nashville either. Especially you now with just, just anything with Paul Fenton related. I don't want anything to do with anymore. Anthony Botetto suited up for the Winnipeg Jets because they've lost everybody. So Anthony Botetto, that's automatic. They're not making anything. <laughs> Anthony Botetto, oh boy. I love New Yorkers and I love Anthony Botetto as a person. Well, I don't really know him as a person, but they say he's a great guy and such. I like the interviews he had, but uh, he can't play. Some Sometimes you just can't play, okay? You know, just like some of the nice guys that have suited up for the Wild over the years, just can't play, you know? So, you know, Mark Parrish, one of the coolest guys ever, and he let us down big time and was one of the biggest buyouts in history. Victor Rask, uh, well... Again, you know, Bill Guerin's trying to trade him, but it's like, good luck. Good luck. I mean, that's a, three years remaining, four four million a year. Well, yeah, and he's the greatest skater that's ever laced up in the NHL, right? He's just awesome. But he did have a 40-point season years ago, so, and he's still not even, not even close to 30 yet. So that's the one hope with Victor Rask. Go, Victor Rask. We'll see what happens. Very, very much we'll see what happens. Um... Vegas wins the cup. Minnesota makes the playoffs and probably exits again, unfortunately. I don't know. I'd like to see something cool happen with Minnesota, but it's going to be because of a young guy. It's not going to be because of Parisi. It's not going to be because of Suter. It's not going to be because of Zuccarello, who does a lot of nice and tangible things, which I think is going to be a wonderful addition to this team, which is going to help the Wild make the postseason. I believe that big time. Um, You got the jerk out. The, the, The jerky GM is gone and all that good stuff. He was good at drafting. He was mediocre to below average at trades. In fact, I'd say below, way below average at trades. And personnel and front office uh, relations were F minus, if we can say that. So that's just all there is to say about that. Bill Guerin, obviously, is going to bring a better attitude to this franchise. Mike Madano and Bill Guerin, it's exciting. I, I put a... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's exciting. You know, my NHL... Obviously, I put my uh, NHL 95 roster together with Bill Guerin. You know, I was the Dallas Stars because there's no Wild. There's no North Stars. Dallas Stars, Mike Madonna, Bill Guerin, Tom Ger- Tom Curvers. Uh, who else do I have in there? Dean Evison. It's just some, it's fun. Brian Bellos, <laughs> Larry Murphy, Larry Murphy, Minnesota North Stars, Larry Murphy for like a year or so. And yeah, traded for Jim Johnson. I'm still bitter about that. It's almost 30 years later. Yeah, I talk about that almost every show. Larry Murphy. <laughs> I'm still bitter, man. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to have all those guys assembled. Those Minnesota Wild, future Minnesota Wild front office leaders and such and coaches and this and that. All a part of the Dallas Stars in 1995. Pretty cool. Bill Guerin is a hell of a uh, 
right winger boy. I gotta love having him. Madano is obviously the best player overall on that team, but Pelos, the veteran at the time, it's hard to believe he was already getting old, but he he was. He was a he was a star in the eighties more than the nineties. Okay, well, I had to kind of tail off into that. Uh, this is, of course, the Brave the Wild NHL preview, Minnesota Wild preview, 2019-2020. Please tell your friends about the show. It would be greatly appreciated. Please write a positive rating for Brave the Wild on iTunes, Stitcher, or Double Twist. Greatly appreciate it. Or Google Podcast, pardon me. I don't think there's reviews on Double Twist, but if you do that, I'd be so appreciated. Also, um... There's the phone lines, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild. Your statement, shout-out, comment, question, opine. Greatly, 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 greatly appreciated. Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash bravethewild.minnesota. At Brave the Wild is the Twitter account. And, again, can't thank Vince Germano enough for retweeting the show Always appreciate that very much. Vince Germano, Vinrock, at Vinrock44. There is the voice, the audio submission path to take, the audio submission route. Of course, use your voice, uh, your free voice recording application on your smart device. Treat it like a phone call. Just basically press record, treat it like a phone call. Keep it three to five minutes, something like that. Stop, save it, and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. Dot com. Greatly appreciated there. I will then convert it into an MP3 file. Thanks to Zamzam, Zamzam, Zamzar, or <laughs> Zamzar, or Converto.com. That's an inside joke from work. Whoops. So I'm leaving it on there because I can. <laughs> A couple other shout outs, though. Minnesota Wild Global, of course, and MNW Prospects, which I'm a proud admin for. Pablo Burnett and Justin Back. Thank you guys so much for having me on that webpage. And again, Minnesota Wild Global, Scott Cavendish, thank you so much for allowing me to post links to Brave the Wild. I am more than happy to encourage any and all of my listeners to join Minnesota Wild Global and, of course, MNW Prospects, hardcore there. Gotta love MNW Prospects. Love it so much as we keep up with all the prospects. Talked about them greatly in the first segment and such. Hoping for the best for the young guys moving forward. As soon as possible, boy, oh boy, because if those prospects can step up and improve, the Minnesota Wilds' chances of becoming a legitimate contender are good. Uh, That would be great. People stepping up and becoming stars rather than just same old thing. A guy who can get 40 points a year, 50 points, and just be mediocre, and you can't count on him in the playoffs. They always disappear like Casper the Friendly Ghost every postseason. So that's the fear that we got to eliminate once and for all with the new prospects. Get some of the out with the old and in with the new, that type of thing. So, not everything Paul Fenton did was bad, but a lot of it was. With that said, I want to thank all of you so, so very much for listening. God bless all of you, and can't wait to finally get to some real NHL hockey, but the preseason will do for now, absolutely, as we continue to watch the youngsters out there getting their ice time, which is good. Other guys making the team, some some guys making the team, some guys getting sent back to juniors, of course, because it's way too early to college or back overseas, this and that. Hopefully not so much with the overseas part, because we want to keep him close. And uh, looking forward to Kirill Kaprizov's career with Minnesota, starting hopefully as soon as April. With that said, we will talk to you soon as we start to talk about real regular season NHL hockey.